Hey, Journey family, I hope you're enjoying the Holy Week reading plan as much as I am. And if you're just now jumping in for the first time, we are so glad you're here reading along with us and have a quick announcement. If you are local to Dallas, we want to invite you and really whoever else you want to invite to not only read with us, but also attend Watermark's Easter services this weekend. And you can find all the details in the episode description. Reading our Bibles regularly can be a challenge, but we're all on this journey together. We're praying that this podcast inspires you, helps you better understand God's Word, and builds your faith. This is Join the Journey with your host, Emma Daughter. Thanks for joining. It is Tuesday, Porch Day, and I am in the podcast studio with one of our Porch team leaders, Kat Reagan. Ow, ow, good to be here. Kat, glad to have you here. Tell everybody a little bit about who you are, how you came to know the Lord, and then fast forward, what are you up to today? Yeah, so my name's Kat, and my family's actually from the Dallas-Denton area, so pretty local. And um, I got a job here in Dallas right out of school, and I've been here ever since. It was really cool to, to come to Dallas as a fresh young adult because I initially got plugged into the porch. Okay. And, um, you know, at that time in my life, I would have said, that I was a believer, and I probably thought that I was wholeheartedly following him, but I definitely was not. (laughs) Tough. That's tough. And it was tough, but you know what? The porch was awesome because it played a really pivotal role in um, calling me to full surrender Mm -hmm. and full full reliance on the Lord, and uh, that radically changed my life and my heart. And something fun, I think, about the porch, too, that keeps me around even still, obviously the energy, but getting to do ministry with a ton of young adults has been so fun and has really changed the narrative for me and what living life with with Christ and with His people looks like. How many years in are you? Dude, I'm like five and a half deep Five right and a now. half years going strong, I serving know. faithfully at the porch. We love to see it. Crazy. Yeah. And, but you know what? The way that the Lord has used it to change my life has given me um, such a desire to stay and offer that same life change to girls who are just like me coming into the porch, feeling half in, half out. The Dallas pull, Dallas lifestyle is really strong out there. And yeah. I just understand that tension. I was sucked in for such a long time and truly came to believe that it's Christ alone that satisfies And uh, you really can fully walk with Christ as a young adult, and it can be fully satisfying. I love it. So good. Here we are today. Here we are today talking about Exodus 12 and Luke 22. Yes. I'm going to let you just take it away. Dude, let's do Do it. You want to start in Exodus? Let's start in Exodus. Okay. What you got? All right. You know, this has been fun because this is actually the first year that I have been truly on the journey. So you're, you've are been tracking along. I've been tracking, you know? I love and, it. And uh, I had pre- in previous years been like hopping in and out. And this year with that new journal, man, I've been in it every day. We'll link that in the description. <laughs> Shameless plug right here. You heard it here first. Kat Reagan loves joining the journey. <laughs> this is why we it's asked you to helpful. be here. How do we pick people to be on the podcast? Whoever will give us the strongest plug. Oh, my That's, goodness. No. I'm kidding. But for real. So yes, we are. So you read Exodus 12 like two weeks ago. So I did read it. And um, so I'm just going to set the scene first and foremost. That's helpful for me. So we're setting the scene. The superpower of Moses' day is the Egyptians and Pharaoh. Pharaoh and the Egyptians are truly denying God and refusing to let the Israelites go. Um, In the chapter prior to this, in 11, you see that Moses and Aaron are hearing from God and announcing the final plague. Uh, to the people of Egypt. And this is an an announcement that the firstborn 
of every household would die. Pretty tragic. Yep, very tragic. And the interesting one about this is that this plague actually is going to apply to the people of Israel and Egypt. And so you start up in chapter 12 with God is going to explain the Passover and explain how he's going to provide a way of escape for his people. And so uh, the Passover, he actually explains that the requirement for death to pass over their house was going to be a sacrifice of a spotless lamb and how its blood would be shed over the door. So specifically in verse 13, we see he says that the blood will be assigned for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you and no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. And so one of the biggest takeaways that I got when I was reading this was that um, nothing is random about this plague and about the animal that God tells them to use. In fact, so many things in scripture, um, what's cool about it is that the entirety of scripture is always pointing to the person of Jesus, always pointing to him being the final end-all solution to the sin and destruction happening in the world. And so really in this spotless lamb and in the blood being shed over the doorpost that um, is about to happen in the Passover, God is actually foreshadowing an even greater reality hidden in the symbolism. And so throughout scripture, I just mentioned it, but there are so many points where Jesus is being pointed to as when John the Baptist says he refers to him being the, the lamb of God. And you see for, in First Peter, he says that he is a lamb without blemish or defect. And so you see him being described as this spotless lamb. And so we were already starting to see the two link up. And so where I wanted to take us is now that we see that there is going to have to be a sacrifice for the people of Egypt, um, we're going to see how this is actually going to play out, not only in the lives of the Egyptians and Israelites, but also in our life. So if we fast forward to Luke 22, 17. That's right. And we're at the Lord's Supper. I'm there. (laughs) We're at the Lord's Supper. And you see Jesus sitting down with his disciples. And just like there was going to be a spotless lamb killed and blood poured out, Jesus begins to continue that same story, but with himself. And he says that he's going to be going to the cross to be our sacrificial lamb, to have his blood shed. And because he was without blemish, because he lived a perfect life, there's like this metaphor that happens. And you see that Jesus, when he dies, he's going to metaphorically shed his blood. He's going to be the blood over the doorpost of our heart. And his sacrifice is going to cover our sin and shield us from death. And so just like the Israelites back in Egypt were going to have death pass over their doorway, they're going to be freed from that death happening. Totally, We are seeing Jesus step in for us present day, shielding us from the penalty of sin and death through his death on the cross in our place. Let me jump in. So like this Passover, this Passover meal, Jesus is sitting with the disciples and they would take the, they would drink the wine and they would take the bread in remembrance of how God used the Passover back in Exodus to yes. free free the people from, from slavery. And then you're saying, hey, in a similar way today, what Jesus is showing them, showing the disciples here in Luke 22, is that that blood and bread that had previously represented the Exodus is now representing Christ's finished work on the cross. Yes. Okay, amazing. The entire purpose of the bread and the, the blood, which was the wine at the time, was all symbolism that points backward to the people of Israel and how God provided for them and is now pointing forward to the provision for anyone who would trust in Christ. So some people look at this and they're like, oh, Jesus drank wine. <laughs> and you're, you're like, hey, well, yes, but that's not 
not not exactly what he was getting at. Yeah, the purpose behind what he's doing is always the most important it's thing to, to focus on. Yeah, yes. It's good. So, how do you, Cat, live differently because of this truth? I mean, really, it's the gospel. Yeah, it's definitely the gospel. I think now it's it's easy to believe for myself that I have to make sure that I am doing doing the journey every day, or that <laughs> I am the Christian checking box. the Christian boxes, yeah. or that I'm doing enough things. And sometimes I can get caught up in doing more than I am caught up in just believing the simple truth that Jesus came not only back then for the Israelites, but He has come for me. He has died on the cross in my place so that I no longer have to try to, I no longer have to sacrifice every single day. I don't have to do these things that um, the people of God had to do before Christ came. And so I think just not trying to live in the past, but live in the present reality of Jesus coming to pay for everything that I couldn't pay myself. So really, for me, it's a faith and belief issue. No, that's so good. There's a a Christian, a big Christianese word as we wrap up, atonement. Uh if you've been in church, you've probably heard that word atonement, but really it just means, hey, Jesus died as a substitute for sinners. And I think about Romans 6.23. Do you know it? Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's Put her on the spot and she's hey. got it. But, but you're right. Like we don't have to have a quiet time and read our Bibles or go to church every Sunday to make up for our wrongdoing. We do those things because we understand the weightiness of the gift we've received through Christ and our heart more moves toward him. And we want to do those behaviors because we want to draw near him. But we know that he died and rose again once and for all. Totally. It really ties back into the quick testimony I gave earlier and how I just felt like God wanted me to like sin less to be better and this scripture just reminds me that God's not calling me to sin less. God's calling me to fully trust in what he's already done. And I get to and I get to believe that truth and I get to share that truth freely now. And as you do, over time, we're changed to look more like him. But it's his work in us and in through us. Absolutely. So good, Kat. Thank you for being here. We are out of time. But as always, I'm so glad we're all on this journey reading the Bible together. The Join the Journey podcast is produced by Watermark Community Church in Dallas, Texas. You can learn more about Watermark by connecting with us on social media. Just search Watermark Church, all one word. And to read along with us, visit jointhejourney.com. And thank you guys for listening.